so the Tigers are a juggernaut, apparently. Uh, their third straight win after taking uh, the home opener against Kansas City 5-4. I'll break that down. We'll look ahead at to, to the games on Saturday and Sunday. And then I'll talk a bit about the first day of minor league baseball on today's Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Brown, and this is your daily 15-minute fix for Tigers baseball. I ask you to please rate and review the show on any of your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and the new podcasting app Himalaya. And of course, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Tigers. Uh, Yeah, so in all my years as a Tigers fan, I've never actually been to the game on opening day. I've been down there to cover the game a few times at bars and stuff doing radio shows, and we did that again this year. But uh, this, this year, my wife Tara bought me tickets, and I was able to go, and it was a lot of fun. It was one of the coldest baseball games I could ever remember going to, but the game itself was pretty action-packed, and there were a lot of things to talk about. So, yeah, it was an interesting day for me in general. Like I said, I, I, I did a radio thing yesterday down at Sinbad's in Detroit, a two-hour live uh, radio broadcast with my buddies uh, Roger Castillo, Keenan Carter, and Paul Wesner. And uh, I was going to go to the game with Roger, but he had a family thing come up, so Paul joined me, and uh, Paul from Town. It's funny, as I've worked for him for five years and never actually met him, so that was fun. And he bought me some nachos. Thanks, Paul. But, yeah, we have to start. Uh, well, basically where we started with every show so far this year with the pitching. I keep telling you guys that the offense will be better than the pitching, and then every game it seems like the pitching does well and the offense doesn't. So maybe, not, I don't know, we'll see if you want to keep listening to me. Hopefully you do. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you look at fan graphs right now, both Matthew Boyd and Jordan Zimmerman are among the top five pitchers in baseball. Obviously it's very early, but so far so good. And today, though, it was Spencer Turnbull, just the fifth start of his career, but he tied his previous best by working six innings, and he struck out ten, which was three more than his best ever. He's just the sixth Tigers rookie pitcher to strike out ten or more in one of his first six starts, so that's uh, interesting. Fulmer, I think, is the last one. He struck out 11 in his fifth career start, as I recall. It was against the Rays, but yeah, Spen- uh, Turnbull ran into trouble a couple times, and he wasn't helped out by his outfield defense, and, and more on that in a bit. But he got a lot of big outs, and only four of the 12 balls in play against him were hit hard. Uh, and you want some numbers to back that up? Sure. The average exit velo against him was 82.4 miles per hour, which again means nothing without context. But if, if he were to keep that up for the whole season, and he won't, trust me, but if he were, that would have been a mile per hour slower than the lowest average exit velocity for any pitcher from last year. So, you know, Joaquin Soria had average exit velocity of like 83.6 miles per hour. So the point is he got a lot of weak contact, which is a skill. And he also got 16 swings and misses, which is also a skill. Uh, seven on fastballs, nine on breaking balls. That set a new career high by five. I've been talking about swinging strikes a lot. This just means, you know, you're fooling hitters, which is good. If you can combine a lot of swings and misses with a lot of weak contact, you have a chance to be a really solid pitcher. And, I, you know, I want to stay away from big proclamations after two starts, after, you know, eight games. But a big breakout from Matthew Boyd and performances like this from Turnbull could significantly alter expectations for the team this year. Not to, like, a crazy point where they're going to be contenders, but... Maybe get them up to 75 wins, which is a lot more than I would expect. Uh, They've already got five in the bank, and you can't take those away. This isn't college basketball or college football where you have a scandal involving prostitutes and money and shady uh, agents. This is the pros, and they can't take your wins away. But yeah, so I guess cautious optimism is the word for now. Turnbull has a history of shoulder trouble, so cross your fingers there. And it's so early in the year that we still don't know if the bats just aren't caught up or... If it's just too cold for guys. Scoreboard said it was 41 degrees yesterday, but it really felt like it was about 25. It was cold, windy. So yeah, we'll let this scouting reports get out. We'll get, let the weather get warm before we go on all these kids. But a fun start for sure. After Turnbull came Blaine Hardy, who pitched two solid innings. He gave up a homer to Alex Gordon, but was otherwise good. And then Shane Green closed out the game again. I think his third game in a row we're picking up the save. His uh, MLB best fifth save of the year. I think 99% of teams... 
Uh, front offices won't give any credence to save numbers now. Like, oh, he's leading the lead in saves, we got to go get him. But uh, I do think there's still probably a significant portion who believe in the so-called closer mentality, like a guy who has proven he can close games is somebody you want, even as your setup man. So, yeah, I mean, it was a solid pitching performance once again. Tigers win 5-4. But, yeah, let's talk about that outfield defense for a second. Yeah, yesterday, Tigers ran out an outfield with Castellanos in right field, Nico Goodrum in center field, and Dustin Peterson in left field. Castellanos has looked solid so far this year, but he, he got the old butterfingers when trying to pick up a ball in the outfield in the first inning. He should have used his glove, but tried to uh, pick it up with his bare hands. And there's lots of talk about the fundamentals or whatever, but I guess nobody told him to do that. Uh, but I'm not sure that Alex Gordon wouldn't have scored anyway on that play. But then in the fifth inning, Nico Goodrum playing center field badly misplayed, I guess misjudged a, a hard line drive from Whit Merrifield. Thought he could cut it off, basically turned a single into a triple. It was almost an inside-the-park home run, um, and that directly led to the third run, put the Royals up 3-2. I can't necessarily blame Goodrum for that, though. He's just he, he's an infielder by trade. He's, he has played a fair amount of outfield in the minors, but you know he's not a natural center fielder. And I don't know if I'd, I'd say it's an indictment of the front office that they, they the three center fielders they've played this year aren't center fielders. To, to not have a backup center fielder, a legitimate backup center fielder, after your main center fielder goes down is kind of bad. But it, it's, it's more that it's just another sign that they're not actively trying to win this year. If they really cared, they would have brought up one of their actual center fielders from the minors, like Das Kierman. But they, you know, they don't care that much about winning this year. It's just more proof of that. Yeah, but and, and continuing on with the bad defense, Kristen Stewart was the DH today, but he is already ranked as the worst defender in baseball, at least outfield defender in baseball this season. According to StatCast, they have a, a metric called outs above average that just basically judges the percentage likelihood of, of balls being caught by each position. And last year, Nick Castellanos was the worst fielder in baseball, worst outfielder in baseball with like a negative 24 outs above average. And this year, Kristen Stewart is one of two players who's, who has already has more than negative one. He has negative three in very few uh, innings. So yeah, who knows how long they'll be able to tolerate that out there. But yeah, it's, it's a bad outfield defense and it's not going to help these pitchers out much. It, it kind of directly led to two runs for Turnbull today, but the, so far they've been able to pitch around it. But yeah, we'll get to the, how about the bats now? You know, they, it looks better, but still only six hits. 10 more strikeouts, but the big key today was seven walks. That was why they won. They, they led the game off with two walks, and then Miguel Cabrera laced in line drive to right center field that scored Josh Harrison. And then Nico Goodrum hit into a fielder's choice. It was basically a double play ball, but he's the fastest player on the team, so he beat it out. That tied it at two. And then the in the fifth, the Tigers tied it at three on a Harrison bloop. He stole second and then advanced to third on a throwing error, which like the third time that's the third time that's happened this year already in seven games. It feels like feels like maybe that's like one half of the Tigers' offense this season. Uh, and then they tie it on a Nico Goodrum bloop. And and this is funny, you know. It's sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're good. Uh, Nico hit the hardest hardest hit ball of the game for a double there in the third inning. He hit it 108.9 miles per hour. But then in the fifth inning, he hit the third weakest ball in play of the game at 60.8 miles per hour, and that also went for a double. You know. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you're good. Although I will say that was on a an inside fastball, and it really showed a lot of strength to just be able to muscle out there. So I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm turning into a bit of a Nico fanboy. But what you know, what can I do? He's playing really well. He's got six doubles already, which is tied for the second most in all of baseball. Uh, yeah, and then the Tigers got their final two runs in the seventh inning after Kyle Zimmer walked the bases loaded. And if you don't know Kyle Zimmer, it, it's uh, you know it's an unfortunate outcome for him because he's a he's a really cool story. He was uh, he's the older brother of Cleveland's center fielder Bradley Zimmer, who who you might remember playing against the Tigers a few times. But Kyle was a better prospect. He was drafted fifth overall in the 2012 draft. 
and then just a nonstop series of injuries for him. His velocity was down a ton. It looked like he's, he was never going to make the majors, and then he went and got it right, I think, up with the guys in driveline up in Seattle. And, uh, yeah, he's back in the majors throwing 96. He had some trouble today, but it was really cold, and, and hopefully he can pull it out. But, yeah, he walked the bases loaded. They bring in a new reliever, and then he walks Nico Goodrum on four pitches to put the Tigers up 4-3. Candelero hits a screaming line drive right at the second baseman that gets caught. Bad luck for him. But Kristen Stewart uh, gets another sack fly for him, and that puts the Tigers up 5-3, ends up proving to be the game winner for him, a 5-4 win. Uh, yeah, and then a couple other just observations from around the park. There was somebody sitting behind us who paid all the money to come to opening day just so he could heckle Tigers players. You know, there's a whole lot of drinking going on on opening day, but this it's just weird to me that the dude came in and he was just screaming at Castellanos like, hey, we can't even trade you. I, I don't know. It was like bad heckling, bad comedy, and, and bad life choices, I would say. But, uh, yeah, it's, they, they've added a little mini scoreboard. Well, they haven't added a mini scoreboard, but you know the mini scoreboard under the scoreboard in left field, under the giant main scoreboard? It's the little scoreboard that tells you, like, the count and... You know, how hard the pitcher's throwing. They've added the actual type of pitch to that now. So it'll tell you if it's a curveball, it's a sinker, it's a two-seam fastball, which is, I think, a kind of cool feature for fans. I think a lot of a lot of fans can't guess based on the velocity or, you know, the reactions of the hitters. But uh, this this will help, I think. And then, uh, yeah, I went to the D-Shop, you know, the, the clothing store there. Went in to get a Josh Harrison jersey. Why? Because my son's name is Harrison. Here he is talking about baseball. So you speak in there, you tell me about baseball and about your favorite team. Um... I like the Weds. Um, if they hit off the field, they will get a point. And if the Michigan people, they they will lose one point. What's the point of uh, playing baseball? Having fun. Hey, all right. That boy's a genius. Uh, but yeah, so I went in there. No such luck. No Harrison jerseys whatsoever. I guess I should have named him uh, Matuk because there were seriously like as many Matuk kids shirts as there were Cabrera kids shirts. So I don't know if Mikey Matuk has a YouTube channel or something that I don't know about. But uh, yeah, that was just kind of surprising to me. So speaking of tubes, hmm, nah, maybe not. You know what? You know what rhymes with YouTube? Blue tube. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in the bedroom. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. So yes, in no time you'll be sitting in his and hers bathtubs set in idyllic locations across the globe for some reason. Uh, you could take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no talking to a pharmacist, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and I thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So with no game today, I figured I'd just do a quick preview of Saturday and Sunday before I take the weekend off. So Saturday sees Matt Moore make his home debut as a Tiger, and he's hardly had any experience against this crop of Royals. Uh, he's seen Chris Owings and Alex Gordon about a dozen times, but that's it. I mean, this is kind of a ragtag group of Royals, and I'd be kind of surprised if their lineup is any different than it was yesterday. For the, the Tigers' part, they take on Jorge Lopez, a 26-year-old righty that Royals got from the Brewers in the Mike Moustakas trade last year. He gave up four runs in five innings against the White Sox in his first start this year, and last year the, the Tigers absolutely murdered him when they faced him. You might remember this game. They got seven runs in one inning. That was the game when Kristen Stewart hit two home runs. 
Lopez isn't without his talent. He at one point he was considered one of the best prospects in the Brewer system. He's can he can hit 94 with a sinker, and his best pitch is probably a curveball. But he does seem like a guy the Tigers can get to. Uh, we'll of course see that. And then on Sunday it's Tyson Ross against Brad Keller in a game that might kill all the worms in Comerica Park. These are two big time ground ball pitchers. Uh, Lucas Duda is the only Royals hitter who has done anything against Ross. He's three for six with a homer and two walks. The rest of the KC lineup is five for 65 against him lifetime. Keller is an interesting guy, though. He he was a Rule 5 pick last year, just like Victor Reyes, and he was once a teammate of Victor Reyes. They are both from the Arizona Diamondback system. Keller had a really strong season. He went 10-6 and six with a 299 ERA and 153 innings. And yes, in case you're wondering... That would have been the second most innings for the Tigers and the lowest ERA for any Tiger starter last year. And the Royals got him for free, and the Tigers could have gotten him, but they took Victor Reyes. Anyway, the Tigers only saw him one uh, for one start. They saw him a couple times in relief. They saw him for one start last year. It was at the end of the year, but he only gave up one run in seven innings. And he's off to a solid start this year, too, with three earned runs in 13 innings. So on paper, this seems like it's Kansas City's best chance to win. But they don't play the game on paper now, do they? Uh, and for, yeah, finally, just a little quick uh, rundown on minor leagues. I, pr- I won't do this every night, but I do like to focus on the minor leagues. And it was minor league opening day, so I figured we should give them some attention. The Triple A Toledo Munhins, they won 10 to 5, their home opener. They got down 4 nothing. But they scored three times in the fifth on doubles from Dabo Lugo and Jacob Robson, who are prospects. Then they scored five times in the seventh on three walks, a Danny Woodrow two-run double, an RBI single from Ronnie Rodriguez, a triple from Victor Reyes, and a single from Brandon Dixon. It's a nice, uh, nice comeback win for their uh, at, at home. Uh, the Lakeland Flying Tigers down in high A also won, though they had to walk it off in the 10th inning. But the story of that game was Casey Mize starting, you know, the number one overall pick last year, his first start this year. Hitters, they were just absolutely no match for him. He went five innings, one hit, no walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, James Chipman had uh, Mize sitting at 92-94 with his fastball, touching 96, and the splitter and the slider and his cutter were all playing really well. Of course, he's kind of without a lot of support down there. And while that was going on, the opposing starter, Clark Schmidt, was doing Mize one better. Five innings, no hits, and nine strikeouts. So that offense is going to be an issue all year. But, uh, yes, yeah, so Lakeland got down 2 nothing and then 3-1, but they came back, rallied late, scored one on the eighth on a throwing error, and then tied it with one out in the ninth on a Daniel Reyes homer. And then, you know, in the minors, they use that uh, system in extra innings where they put a runner on second base, and what that results in is a whole lot of bunts and, and intentional walks. So that's what we got. They, there was man on second base, an intentional walk, a uh, sacrifice bunt, another intentional walk, and then Brady Palicelli hit a single up the middle to win it and walk it off 4-3. And then finally, uh, down... West Michigan played on the road in South Bend, and they lost 5-4. to four. Adam Wolf, their uh, fifth-round pick last year, got the start, and it was a little bit of a yikes episode. Three innings, eight hits, three earned ones, only one strikeout. And I say yikes because college lefties like Adam Wolf usually just absolutely run roughshod over the Midwest League. Again, it was just one start. It was kind of rainy and cold there, so I don't want to put too much into it, but you hope that he can do better than that in the future. Parker Meadows and Winslow Perez both had, had interesting games. They went one for four with two walks and a, or one walk and two strikeouts apiece, although Perez added a stolen base. And then the one cool story out of this was Sam McMillan, who was their fifth-round pick two years ago, got a million dollars, had an awful 2018. He uh, got this year off to a nice start going one for three with a walk and a homer, which is uh, pretty rare for, for McMillan. And uh, he did let two guys steal bases, but, uh, you know, it's not always on the catcher. So, yeah, that's it for the minors. Erie didn't play... Uh, yesterday, but they do play today with Matt Manning on the bump, so that should be fun. And uh, yeah, that's the show for the week. So thank you, as always, for listening to Locked On Tigers. I appreciate all the support you guys have given me, uh, and just I ask that you continue to rate and review on all the various podcast platforms. And if you want to contact me and give me questions, I always like that. So contact at LockedOnTigers at Gmail or at LockedOnTigers on Twitter. And have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.